Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds one. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. Uh, so, a little bit different setup today. Tom and I originally did something on Locker Room, and then the news of TJ Warren dropped. Um, Late last night, I did not have time to, to get back on and cover it, so I'm doing that this morning before uh, before I drop the pod. I just want to hit on it really quick. Um, obviously, this is a major blow for, first of all, TJ. Uh, I know the dude just loves playing basketball. Um, I certainly feel for him and uh, just want him to get right and get healthy, and obviously this is the right decision if him and the team have come to the conclusion that he shouldn't play the rest of the year. Um, it makes sense. Also, one thing, the small silver lining, his injury was announced. Him not playing was announced through the team before it was announced through the Athletic, which is obviously different than how things went with Victor um, last year. So not to throw shade or anything, but I just think it's um, it's a little bit refreshing from a coverage standpoint. And also, I'm sure for, for you guys as fans, it's a little bit refreshing too. It's uh, less murky. Um, I understand just from an analysis perspective, this hurts the team this year and their immediate aspirations for sure. Um, not having TJ is going to be difficult. Um, I think it changes the outlook for the playoffs a little bit, um, potentially. And, you know, I don't have anything formative that I can really share on that yet. Uh, Tom and I, and uh, I'll bring in other people to talk about that as well. I'm sure Caitlin will have some great thoughts that she'll get out eventually. Um, I need to think on it more before I really put pen to paper or, um, word to recording, I guess would be the podcast way of saying it. I don't know. Um, but point being, it just sucks for TJ. Um, it's rough for the team because again, you know, you were looking at the opportunity of hopefully this year, you were going to get to see everyone healthy in the playoffs, um, go at it for an entire series together. And that's not going to happen this year. Um, but on the, on the bright side, you do, I mean, Karis has been playing really well. He's integrating with the team. I don't think that this is just all for not and all, um, downhill from here that the team should be tanking or anything like that. Like that we've seen some bright flashes with Karis back in the lineup. I think there's a lot to look forward to moving forward. Obviously no moves made by the team at the trade deadline, uh, which signifies to me that they're probably going to be uh, looking to re-sign Doug McDermott this, this off season. Um, I doubt they would just let him walk because they could have gotten value back for him if they wanted to actually trade him. Um It'll be interesting to see what happens with TJ McConnell and Aaron Holiday. Obviously, Aaron did not get traded, uh, which makes things interesting moving forward, to say the least. I'm not entirely sure what to think of that situation. Uh, for I mean, at the least, I think he'll maybe get a couple more chances um, to earn a rotation spot moving forward, but it's just going to be hard to, to make that happen. Um, lastly, that I do want to hit on, uh, with Jalen Q being cut, I mean, Tom and I mentioned that, uh, in the pod, there is a, there's a chance that somebody could be added uh, it, kind of in that same Wesley Matthews type situation uh, from a couple years ago. Um, somebody who helps for, for, yeah, God, solidify what you're doing the rest of the season. Although this team is much better than – I know record-wise you probably scratch your head when I said This team is better than the remainder of that 18-19 team. As good as the 18-19 team was on paper – um, they were not built to do anything in the playoffs. I think if you have Domas, Malcolm, Karis, Miles, um, 
that that's something that they have a lot more creation and ability to do things on ball than than that 1890 team had you had Bojan and a prayer essentially um and as i mean they they put together some really solid stretches with victor out but overall that team was just overmatched especially when they got to the playoffs um there's I, I guess I would just say in closing before I get to the regular part of the pod, there's there's a lot of moving parts throughout the NBA. Uh, the Pacers were actually, if I remember correctly, I saw a graphic yesterday from Todd Whitehead, one of my favorite data analysts uh, in the NBA. Um, this was the most active trade deadline in terms of not just moves. Um, I think by sheer moves, I, I don't think it was the most active or it was like around there. It might've been the most active moves wise, but in terms of like, Total win shares moved, so like win shares aren't like the you know a perfect metric or whatever, but it does kind of gauge how much a guy's impacting the team. Like it was by far the most win shares moved at a trade deadline. Um, so just an interesting interesting nugget. But most importantly, um, Dallas tonight, another opportunity for this team to 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 show some stuff, uh, shine through and 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 grow together. And we have a lot to look forward to for the rest of the season. So uh, strap in. Me and Tom are about to talk about the trade deadline, especially the Eastern Conference, some of the moves that happened there as a whole, and how that might impact the Pacers or might not. Um, thank you for listening. I'll, uh, I'll be talking to you guys later today. Hey, Tom. So we have, uh, we have a lot to talk about in a short amount of time here. No kidding. Busy day today. Yeah. I, uh, first things first, I mean, Jalen – Jalen, Jalen LeCue, gosh, I can't even speak. Jalen LeCue just got cut. Um, yeah. Money saving move for the Pacers. Um, also opens up a roster spot. Uh, Tony yeah. pointed out something great on Twitter. Uh, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to convert a two way guy considering, uh, where, you know, like how, how, how that's shaping out with two ways, uh, that, you know, guys can play the full 50 games throughout the year now. Um, right. so it'll be interesting to see what the Pacers do with that move. But I do want to talk about uh, more how this kind of does, – does this change your perspective of the Pacers at all? Like where they're at this season what they're doing. I know we try not to read too much into what other teams are doing and how that's going to impact everything. But I, I do think it – I mean, just on a, on a strictly competition level, it does make, it, make a difference for sure. Yeah, so you mean the, the Q move or the – Oh, no, not the Q move. Uh, just in oh, general. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's like, change, totally changes my outlook for the Pacers with the Q, with the Q gone. But, uh, yeah, um, in terms of like – I mean, obviously we can talk about the Bulls, but, yeah, a lot of teams making moves in the East. Yeah, I, I think with all the smoke we had um, and all the chatter, of course, that usually is when nothing happens with the Pacers. And that held up here. But obviously they're going to want to write it out here and see what they have if everybody can get healthy by the end of the year. Um, but the only thing you can take away from it, and, and it, I, I mean, the way Levert is progressing with the team um, is probably um, part of that reasoning. I think, you know, they're probably seeing the promise that they hoped um, when he arrived and, and thinking about, you know, if they can get TJ Warren back in the mix, as we've talked about a million times, um, they're gonna they're gonna go for it. And also, I think you know, what was it? What was a? It, it's impossible to know what else they could have done that would have been different. Um, and you know, if they made a huge trade of a, a trade of one of the big players, a la Robin Sabonis Turner, what was what was coming back? How how? Big of an impact would have that been? 
other than if they had gotten, you know, picks and decided the season wasn't worth going forward for, um, like Orlando. Um, so obviously that is not never the MO for Pacers. So, um, they're going to go with what they got and, and see what they can, if they can start getting moving back in the right direction now, um, get everybody healthy. Um, but, um, it's, you know, um, you thought there might be one move or a little move here or there, or maybe, you know, even, you know, bring up Aaron Holliday's, maybe get him in a better position and pick up a, a pick or something. Um, but now, you know, they got their guys and um, a guy like Doug McDermott, who they're going to have to decide on if they can keep after the year. Um, and you hate to see a guy like that go for nothing. So um, there's a lot of little moving parts here with this team, but um, it, it leaves us, you know, just hoping they can all be healthy at some point and on the same page and then see what they have. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm not surprised that the Pacers didn't make a move, but especially too with everything, like, um, like we got the message from Pacers PR that Doug was going to speak today. I was like, oh, okay, then he's probably not getting traded. Um, and yeah. he, like he mentioned when he was speaking too, that he, uh, um, like he hadn't heard anything about it. And as we know, with the, the front office, they're going to tell guys if they're in trade talks. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not really that surprised. Um, and I think everything, it, it makes sense where it's going. The one thing I would say though, I'm, I am interested just to, um, see if anything comes out about whether or not the team tried to move Aaron Holiday. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I think that's the one thing that I really look at. Um, that's kind of a little bit murkier. Um, but I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, you know, towards the end of the deadline. I mean, there were several. I know Toronto made a couple of moves. But there were there were a handful of, of players in that role, on you know, bench guy, you know, being traded for second round picks. Um, that and I'm sure that the Pacers were apparently. My thinking is they could have done that, no doubt, um, considering the players that were moved. But obviously they um, have held him with a little more value than that. And I, I don't know if they um, thought they could have gotten a first-round pick, but maybe they wanted two second-round picks. I don't know. Or, or or maybe they were trying to get a certain type of player back that could help the reserve unit. Um, and it just wasn't there. Um, but at, at this point now, I mean, you know, I guess he's he, – Get the Pacers bench depth, um, which is, is valuable and they know what they got in him. Um, but certainly, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if there was an attempt and, um, you know, what, what they turned down basically. Cause you would assume, um, there were teams that would have been interested in, in acquiring Holiday, um, depending upon the price. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to create any kind of referendum or anything uh, so far just because, I mean, we're 57 minutes post deadline. And honestly, it's only a half hour (laughs) post deadline because of the way everything works out. But um, I am just interested to see how that plays out because as we know last year, I mean, there were uh, chances of the team potentially getting a first round pick for, for Aaron. Um, Or even then it's just like, I mean, I was talking about this with Lazarus Jackson last night on the pod, like, um, I don't want to say that the team has mismanaged Aaron Holiday and, and the, the rotation in any way, shape, or form, but I do think it just it leaves a little something to be desired. Like if uh, if Aaron ends up not 
I, I think the I want to say that there's a team option for Aaron at the end of this year, if I remember correctly. But still, yeah, just ultimately, yeah, no. like there's no real meaningful path for more minutes for him right now, unless he somehow takes TJ McConnell's minutes in, in the rotation. Um, and I mean, TJ is going to be up for uh, for a deal at the end of this this season. And right now, it seems like it would make a lot. I mean, just playing wise, it would make sense for him to to get the deal over Aaron Holiday. But at the same time, it's just. Um, it's not like you're going to be getting any more for Aaron Holiday in the off season, so I don't know. I'm interested to see how that plays out again. I don't want to create any kind of referendum on that already because Pacers Twitter has been big on referendums lately. So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> avoid that wholeheartedly. But um, I don't know. Regardless, I think that's uh, that's something I will have an, an eye on and something to definitely be keeping out for. Um, what I do want to talk about, though, unless you have anything else you want to add about the Pacers not making any moves, um, I want to talk about some of the teams that are changing up and number one, I mean, the Miami heat will have Victor Oladipo barring any kind of health thing that comes up or him having to, you know, go through, I don't know if he'll have to go through any other physicals or anything to go through Miami. I'm sure I'll have to do something. I mean, there's always is when there's a trade, but the Pacers will play Miami on Wednesday at the field house with Victor Oladipo on the team. So uh, that is interesting. Um, And definitely, I mean, the season series is already decided in favor of the Pacers, um, but regardless, I mean, that's going to be a huge game to see coming back. Yeah, that's going to be pretty fun. I was, you know, I, there was a lot of uh, noise on Twitter about that. It's like, oh, he's coming back to the field house. But it's like, really, there's hardly a bad field house. And, and the fake noise and drums are so loud that you can't even hear the people that are there anyway. So it's going to be kind of hard to be – it's not going to be like a, a, um, a den of people there. Um, like there was when Paul George returned um, yeah. uh, to Greek Vic. But regardless, you know, the players, just the player um, greeting them. And, you know, last night we saw uh, T.J. McConnell doing a little My City thing for, for Levert, which was hilarious. And um, it'll be interesting to see how the Heat um, look with Vic if, you know, he's playing by then. Um, you kind of just assume he would – take that role in the starting lineup that Duncan Robinson had. Um, but, you know, who knows? Um, it's just a interesting dynamic now. I can't believe that, you know, Houston just gave him up for so little. Uh, the market just was not there, apparently. Um, and they couldn't do nothing with him because he's going to leave anyway. So um, the fact that they had to take that deal is remarkable. And um, obviously that um, – <laughs> Makes the uh, the deal for Levert even all the more impressive um, that that they made um, earlier in the year. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know that Vic will be trying to put on a show of some sort uh, when he comes in. But uh, you know he he got his wish where he wants to be for now. We'll see if they um, can can hold on to him long term. Um, I know I uh, Brian Winhorst made a good point. I heard. Um, about all the guys that, that he acquired today, um, Belita and, and Vic and one other guy. Um, but all those guys are going to be free agents, so they're keeping their cap space clear. And, you know, if for some reason Kawhi Leonard is available, then they can go after him. But, you know, if not, maybe they'll resign those and Vic will get his wish to stay in Miami. But um, we shall see. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think what's interesting to me, I was talking about this on a live stream a little bit ago. Um, 
I'm interested. I mean, Miami has, uh, if I, I have to pull the numbers back up again, um, I believe they had the top ranked defense in the league from, uh, from February 1st until like last week. And adding Vic to that, I mean, that's, that's huge. Vic is, as much as he struggled offensively this year, he's been back to his, his heights as a defender. He's been fantastic. He, he, I mean, even Washington mm-hmm. Houston, he's been awesome on that end. Uh, yeah. That really makes things difficult, especially for the Pacers. But I'm interested, like, just looking at everything right now, looking top to bottom, uh, Toronto, it, it's not a lateral move, but, I mean, trading for Gary Trent. Trade, I mean, Gary, Norman Powell's been having a career year. He's been fantastic. I think Gary Trent is going to be better in a couple of years. But right now, I mean, he's not quite there. But he's still, I mean, plug him right in, and he's going to be a fantastic player. So just a different dynamic. Um, Toronto's not taking a step back. You you anticipate that they're going to be trying to get better. They're not going to have the noise of is Kyle Lowry going to get traded? Is so and so going to get traded? Um, this entire time, uh, so I, I imagine Toronto gets some kind of post uh, deadline bump in some regard. Um, and they're always a threat to be good, but they, I mean, they have been on this massive streak. So we'll see what happens. I think they're four games back right now uh, from Indy, uh, three or four right around there. Cleveland's been better lately. I mean, they're still with only, only within two or three Indies in the nine seed right now. Boston got better adding Evan Fournier. I think that they're trying to work some kind of move because they just um, sent out like a trillion guys. Uh, like they yeah. made a really confusing <laughs> move for to send out Daniel Tice that I didn't understand. Yeah, that, um, was, that but was a little surprising. I mean, the only thing I could get was that they're either trying to bring in Drummond or, or LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, right. and, and maybe you clear that out, or they're just trying to give Robert Williams more playing time. But regardless, I mean, Daniel Tice has been their best center this year. Um, I know Tristan Thompson has, uh, I think he has a player. No, he's a, he's a yeah, he has a player option next year. Um, but I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens with that. Uh, Chicago, yeah, they, I mean, oh, sorry, you, you can go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just going to say on the Celtics, it, it seems like, you know, they've had some, some issues, and and I think you're right that their Marcus Aldridge getting bought out will probably be on the radar, I would think. Um, and maybe they end up just getting rid of Tristan Thompson. Who knows? Um, but it sounds like he's been been a problem there. Uh, but that the Tice the Tice thing I thought was interesting, just because also with Chicago, um, you know they they bring in Vooch and. Um, I don't know if you're playing those guys together, you know, much. Um, so it was, uh, even though I, I think he's a real valuable player, and, and um, if he, you know, plays a role off the bench, and yeah, that's a great, great situation there um, with Chicago. But I, I definitely think that the Celtics, you know, will be better for what is going on right now. And, and you know, again, like you say, they're probably not quite done. But they had to rattle some, some, you know, parts of the roster and, and shake things up a little bit in some way, um, just to kind of, kind of reset. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that's what's interesting to me. Um, I look at the Chicago team, and they've been good this year. Um, really I know cool. the Pacers have beaten them. No, you're good, uh, and I know the Pacers have beaten them when they've played. Um, I think I mean they've played twice already this year, if I remember correctly, and I think that they beat them both times. I, I might be wrong. I can't remember. It's like, can you hear me? Oh, there. Sorry, I, I had a caller come in again and jacked me up. Sorry. Oh no, worries. You're good. Um, did they did they win both games against Chicago? 
I can't remember right now. Or did they yeah, lose they, one? I think they lost one in OT. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, well, regardless, the point being, like this, this Chicago <laughs> team is solid. Like they they've been yeah. right around five hundred this year. Um, adding Vooch to that, and also um, bringing in Daniel Tice as a backup because their backup center is, is, has been a problem this year. They've been playing Thad Young there, at, and he's actually been really damn good for them. But point being, I mean, Thad's Thad's still more of a fort. Uh, I think that in a vacuum, they are. They're they're pretty much on par with the Pacers now, or or maybe slightly above because they've had things working out a lot better for them, um, on off the bench. Um, I'm really interested to see how that plays out and where they end up down the stretch of the year, um, because that team's gonna be good. I mean, Vooch is fantastic. I'm interested to see what the two man game looks like with him and in, in Levine. Um, I mean, Levine's the best player, best offensive player at least that uh, that Vooch has ever played with, and the same thing can be said for Zach Levine. Um, but I'm interested to see what happens with that too, because I guess the whole point I'm trying to make, not that this really changes what the Pacers are trying to do this year, but it's going to be a lot harder for them to climb up in the playoff standings. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about Chicago also is that um, I feel like this kind of shows that they have improved management. <laughs> yes, definitely. Drastically. Um, and, you know, one of the great joys for me for, for following the NBA has been um, some of the Chicago fans, and in particular, uh, if you follow at uh, Bulls Blogger, um, Matt with Bloggable, who is as acerbic and um, straightforward as you can be and has just been crushing the Bulls and guard packs and all that for, for years here. And, and to see him so giddy today was was quite alarming. So, <laughs> and literally, it was just because they were making some trades that made sense. Um, it, you know, it wasn't for anything other than that. And um, you know, I uh, I can appreciate that, but I'm going to miss the old man if it, if it uh, um, continues in that direction. And you know, obviously, the Bulls should be a team um, if managed right that has all the resources you need to be a major player in the, in the NBA. So um, you know. Short term, I think you're right. You know, they're in good shape and, and maybe took a jump ahead of the Pacers. But, you know, it also bodes well for them long term. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And I think, like, the biggest thing for me, too, I know a lot of people got frustrated and said, well, why would they be doing this? You know, this is – they should be focused on the future. And, I like, you, you have to be focused on the future while doing well now. Like, they're either committing to a total teardown and rebuild and trading Zach Levine – or you're focusing on actually trying to do something now and be competitive because you can't do both. And um, right. I don't know. I think it's important that they made the decisions that they did. And I, I didn't really think that they overpaid for Vooch. It felt about right, probably. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. surprised that he ended up warranting that much, especially considering what the trade market was. Um, I guess you could also mention, I mean, Philadelphia got a, a little bit better, I guess. I mean, George Hill's really good. I, I like adding George Hill there. Um I think I'm still, like, I guess I wouldn't say that I'm surprised that uh, Kyle Lowry didn't get moved, but I think I'm more surprised that Philadelphia didn't pull the trigger to move for him um, because it it was reported that um, if they were to move, uh, if they were going to make the the move for Lowry, they were going to have to trade, I think, two firsts, uh, Tybal and uh, and Tyrese Maxey. And 
both Tybal and Maxi have been pretty inconsistent parts of the rotation, and they're probably not going to be real factors in the playoffs. It's interesting to me because, like, I, I guess it just depends how you look at things. But for me, um, I would have done that. I know it sounds like a lot, but Kyle Lowry's a – I mean, he's a player who would legitimately swing what they do in the playoffs. And you get the idea that he, he resigns. That was part of what they talked about. Like, you – he was asking that any team resigns him for a two for 50, um, which is probably right about right for Kyle and what he's doing still. Um I just think it's a little bit, I don't want to say asinine, but it's a little bit in your head and um, kind of squandering Joel Embiid having an MVP level year by saying, okay, well, these young guys who are probably going to be ready to be part of a playoff rotation in three or four years, well, no, we're focused on keeping them right now. I just think when you have the opportunity to actually go for doing something yeah. meaningful in the playoffs, you have to take it. And I, I'm, I'm kind of, Shocked that that Daryl Morey didn't go for that opportunity today. Yeah, you got to go all in, um, and especially when, um, you know, like I said, Embiid's having such a good year. Um, he's probably not going to play better, and the fact that he's kind of hurt right now, get you know, bringing Lowry in would be a boost to that team, probably to get him through until he's healthy again, uh, knowing what they could have all together, and you know. The teams that are that close to, you know, getting the title, you know, you, you can't acquire enough talent, really. Um, so uh, I, I was surprised, too, that they, they kind of went for, you know, plan B, I guess, with, with George Hill. Um, yeah. I was a little less surprised that Miami didn't just because of the, the way they were set up and, you know, they were able to make all those moves and, and still keep their – Future options wide open, um, but but yeah, I thought Philly was just too perfect a fit. I thought, but but alas, they're they're going with what they got. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, they've still been really good this year. It's not to say that they're they're bad, but I just think if you have the oh, chance yeah, they, to really add somebody, to do it. But you, you, like you said, yeah, it's just kind of a no-brainer. Put all your chips in and go for yeah. it. Well, it's crazy to me too. I don't know if you saw this, but the Lakers were unwilling to part with Taylor Horton Tucker. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Uh, first of all, crazy to me that the Lakers were even in on that discussion because they really just don't have anything to give. But that was that's what's holding them back. Like I like Taylor Horn Tucker; he's a nice young player. But especially with right. the Lakers, like I I don't know that I guess there's a reason I'm not a GM or front office person. But at the same time, uh, maybe there's a reason why Rob Blinka will be out of a job in two or three years. Who knows? Um, <laughs> To answer a question from, from our guy, Alex Golden, uh, can we sign Lance to a 10-day deal just to have him in the arena for Vic's return? Uh, Let's go. God, please no. I don't Hey, we got no. the roster spot. Let's go. I don't. The, <laughs> the amount of people who are going to ask about Lance in the coming days is just, oh, I'm not ready for that. Um, hey, I he's ready. He's been working out. I follow him on Instagram. That's cool. He can go play in the – Maccabi Tel Aviv has open roster spots from what I hear, so – um, well, he only plays well with the Pacers, though, so they got to bring him in. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But um, no, that's a fair point. They, what what other thoughts or, or anything did you have that, that you wanted to add uh, today? Um, well, I've, you know, I thought just overall on, on the trades, I actually thought the deals that Orlando made were kind of not bad. You know, it's kind of even Steven for what they got. And, you know, in the end, but it was it was amazing how quickly they just broke up that team but again they weren't getting anywhere with those three guys so they um i i think when they when you, I, I found it interesting that 
the value all three of those guys appeared to have um, individually uh, going to these teams and, and potentially altering seasons yet, you know, together they weren't able to, you know, uh, win that many games and stay healthy and all that. So um, it, it, I, th- I feel like they probably did a good enough job selling at the right point and, and getting what they did um, to try and start over. Um, but again, it, it's crazy how the East is now um, kind of shuffled around. And, and I really, again, I feel like Chicago is, is the, the team I'm keeping my eye on just because um, the willingness to make the moves and the moves they made and, and how they could specifically help tomorrow or whenever they play the next time um, is, is also impactful. So it's, it's always kind of a bummer when you stand pat and don't do anything. But, you know, as we found out a few years ago at, at the trade deadline with, um, uh, you know, Evan Turner coming in and, and making a move and adding talent doesn't always help. So um, hopefully the Pacers just work on their issues and, and, and get better and, and have something to show for it at the end of the year. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I mean, I think uh, the way that I would take this uh, and just in terms of a Pacers perspective, like I don't think that there's anything that they should be super worried about. Just keep doing them. Like, uh, I mean, KP's talked about this before. Like, you can't focus on uh, on roster moves or what you're doing based on what other teams are doing. You have to focus on what you're doing and trying to make things happen um, for your team and, and looking at it that way. Um, and, I mean, maybe that means that this team ends up with a lower seed. But regardless, I mean, I think with the way that the team has looked and are, are starting to look with Karras, um, there's a lot of yeah. potential there. I mean, I brought this up this morning after I was rewatching the game. I mean, Malcolm is shooting way better at the rim. Uh, it's a small sample mm-hmm. size, but in the seven games with Karras shooting 65% at the rim, which is he was shooting 50% in the 33 games beforehand. Uh, big difference. I mean, I know you've seen it too. I mean, just watching Malcolm, like he is way more comfortable getting some of the opportunities he's getting off ball. He's getting a lot less defensive attention. Not to say that he's like playing worse, but it just, it's, he's playing better because he's not being asked to do – so much and just having Karras's gravity is huge and he started to do a lot yeah. of the rim yesterday like um I think what's just crazy to me is looking at like if slash when TJ Warren gets back this year like the idea of like it's not even about having like the initial action of the team that is so fantastic like I think finding that initial action that gets the team going best is going to be intriguing because right now like they they lead really heavily into what Karras is doing out of pick and roll yesterday um, mm-hmm. and I thought that was great. And I, I, I'm interested to see how, how that starts to move forward and who ends up having, you know, the most usage on the team and the most looks. Um, cause I think that'll be like the most interesting bal- balancing act to look at. But point being like the way that this team is going to be able to just abuse a tilted defense is going to be fantastic. Like I think I was looking at yesterday and as good as Justin holiday was, I'm thinking about. Wow. Like, look at uh, – imagine <laughs> TJ Warren out there, like, attacking a defense that's already been bent. Like, yeah. it's pretty fantastic to think about. Like, there's a lot to look forward to with this team. Yeah, and, you know, it was interesting. I, I think it was Mark Boyle mentioned that um, Miles, Miles and Brogdon together kind of got with Levert and said, hey, get more sort of – take – take the ball and do what you do, you know, 
really encouraging him to be um, more of an offensive threat and not defer as much. And, and obviously he was doing that last night. But um, but you're right. The, the way that shifts the dynamic of how everyone else is guarded helps a ton. And then, um, you know, you see a guy like Edmund Sumner just getting more Oh, and more God. You mean Ray Allen? Oh, man. So he t- the off the dribble sidestep three. I actually, I, I, I kind of like jumped off my bed a little bit. That uh, was all, fantastic. All shots before he even got the ball up. Just the way he was set up, perfectly it looked comfortable. I was like, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. So uh, he's just snapping them off. I was, I was, uh, and you know, I mean, his quickness up and down the floor. You know, the the way he plays, like he's on a hoverboard, is just um, always. You know, fun to watch, but boy, making that kind of impact, either shooting a three or, you know, knifing into the lane, um, that, you know, that's a dynamic that, um, is, is building here and, and could be, uh, real helpful going forward for this team. So, you know, that, it reminds me kind of, I'm wondering if the Pacers might sign O'Shea Brissett, um, for that one spot, possibly just because he was doing so well in the G League. Um, and he's, you know, Young as well um, might be another another one of those slasher guys to add um, in yeah. the mix. Not that he would be, you know, paying dividends right this year, but I mean, just another guy to add to the mix. I, I feel like you just can't have enough of those those wing guys. So, oh, certainly. Um, and he's he's more of like a four, so I I kind of like the idea of, of yeah, he's giving him size. that opportunity. Uh, he can shoot the three a little bit. Um, it's worth giving him a shot. For sure, I, yeah. I still like. I mean, I will always point out that Rondé Hollis Jefferson is available. Um, he's <laughs> still a really good player, and he'd be impactful. But I like the idea of bringing up O'Shea because, as was mentioned by uh, um, who brought this up, I think Tony brought it up. Um, but I was, uh, I mean, just in watching him playing the G League this year, I think he could definitely bring something. And just be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Also, hey, hey, it's it's probably not going to happen because he looked fantastic last night against the Jazz. But Alize Johnson could could theoretically oh, yeah. come back at the end of his ten yeah, day. Ten day. So You're right. I I would love to see. It. I still wish that they had found a way to keep Alize because I think he would have made a lot of sense on this team. But regardless, I, I I mean nobody really saw him making this kind of leap that he did uh, to just to be a little bit more assertive offensively and find some stuff there. Um, but yeah, hey, you was, never know. That I mean he I mean he honestly really never got. It. A chance, which yeah. is what it is, but um, I always felt like if he could have gotten, you know, kind of like Sumner, if if he could have gotten minutes where it's like, okay, you're getting five minutes here and there, and you know, it, unless you're showing something really great, you're coming out. If he could have gotten a little bit more of an opportunity, I feel like you know he could have had more more nights like that because he's so active, um, and you know any. You know, if you just let his offense be the garbage putbacks and things like that, um, he's going to be helpful defensively and, and on the boards. But I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets just kept him. <laughs> uh, if they could, just because they, they could use a, a defensive dog like that on that squad. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Um, but regardless, we got a lot to look forward to. Um, I'm sure more stuff will be coming out as some other things get finalized and uh, 
some of the buyouts start to work through, I imagine. I mean, based on reporting, Lamar Salt is just probably going to end up in Miami, um, which, you know, helps them out in some ways and uh, hinders them a little bit in others, I think. I don't like people just saying, oh, so-and-so is washed. Like, he's been in a bad context. He doesn't fit well in yeah. uh, San Antonio anymore. If you play him the right way defensively, I think you can still do stuff. But uh, regardless – I think uh, there's no reason to be freaking out if you're, you're a Pacers fan. This team was not going to make a move here pretty clearly unless they were blown away. Um, and this is – I don't want to just say this is not the team's year, but, like, this is a year where, as I keep trying to remind people, and, and you have too, Tom, like, this is not the year where they're trying to go all in to win something. And I think that was clear when the Vic trade happened. And it yep. got changed a little bit when Karras uh, – I mean, obviously when they, they found out that Karras was going to have to get surgery for kidney cancer. Um, but they, they made that commitment then they were like, okay, we want to see this group together moving forward. We're going to see what happens. Um, regardless, it's not to say the team's not going to be competitive or or, or that they're not trying or something like that, but the team is, uh, they're not going all in for this year. So just, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Yep. That's, uh, that's where we're at. I mean, and, and, you know, I, I I feel like with the LeBert thing, it's a, kind of the best case scenario because he is back and, and playing well and, and they're, they're getting a heck of a lot more out of him than we thought they would, you know, even a month ago. So, um, that's a, that's a great thing. And, and, you know, now with the deadline over, they know, you know, everyone knows, okay, we're here. We got to come together, make the best of it. If, if, you know, there are guys who aren't, um, feeling great about the situation, but now, um, you know, we're all we got and, and we'll see if they can come, Come, uh, come together and, and keep playing at, at, you know, the improved level that they have been of late, aside from uh, that debacle in Matt, uh, Milwaukee. Yep, exactly. Well, Tom, always good to talk. Uh, we will certainly be talking. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not sure if uh, I might have something going on tomorrow. I'm not, uh, I'll, I'll let you know. But uh, okay. we'll definitely be talking again soon. To everyone who, uh, who joined and was listening, I appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day.